0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 177 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morales. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode. And this one has been a long time coming. I've been talking uh, to this guest about being on my show for years, and I just never got my act together i i'm gonna put it on me because i kept on being like you should come on the show he's like for sure and then it just like silence i'm like oh i probably should have followed up so i'm super excited to have tom drake on the show if you don't know tom um well you probably do if you if you um listen to other podcasts he has his own podcast called the maple money show um or if you've been a long time a personal finance blog reader he's one of the ogs in my mind he's been doing it for over a decade. And he is the nicest guy in Canada, for sure. Like, he's just so nice. One nice personal, like, here's an example of how nice he is. Um, a few years back, hmm, what year was it? 2015, 2015. T- 2015? 2015? I can't remember. A few years back, when there was a FinCon happening in New Orleans, no, it wasn't in New Orleans. It was the year I didn't go. So it was the year after New Orleans, whenever that was. Anyways, that year, I like somehow was nominated for a Plutus Award because FinCon always does these awards every single year. I was nominated for Best um, Canadian Personal Finance Blog, I believe. Yeah. And surprisingly, I won. I won the award. And of course, I didn't show up to the conference that year. That year, I missed it. Um, So I wasn't able to claim my um, trophy because you actually get a trophy. And Tom was so nice. He was at the conference. He grabbed my trophy for me, and then he, uh, when you know, all of us kind of bloggers went to the Canadian Personal Finance Conference like a month or two after that. He brought it with him and gave it to me. How nice is that? And he lives in, you know, Alberta. Like just the nicest guy. So thanks, Tom. I will always remember you as the guy who gave me my award. It was very special. Um, so, anyways, Tom. Tom has a wealth of knowledge because he's been in the game for over a decade he knows a ton most of the time honestly when i'm googling stuff um you know to find more information about this and that whatever his website maple money will come up so we talk about everything pretty much under the sun we talk a lot about investing uh and some other great stuff in this show uh this episode so i know you're going to love it um so stick around just a few words about this episode sponsor and then i'm going to get to that interview with tom drake this episode of the Money podcast is supported by Co-Power Green Bonds. Looking for a sustainable way to invest in fixed income without sacrificing high returns? Then CoPower Green Bonds may be the investment solution you're looking for. Investing in clean energy projects throughout Canada is a great way to put your money to work while making a measurable impact on the environment. Let me break down how this works for you. You buy co-power green bonds, and that money is used to fund clean energy projects and energy efficiency projects that reduce carbon and generate steady revenues. Revenues that are used to pay Canadian investors like you. How much do you earn on these bonds, you may be wondering? For a four-year bond, you'll earn 4% annually, and for a six-year bond, you'll earn 5% annually. The only thing is, there's a limited supply of green bonds left. If you're interested in investing this year, don't miss out. To learn more, visit greenbonds.ca. Once again, that's greenbonds.ca. Well, hello, Tom. Thanks so much for being on my show. I'm pretty sure the first time I like, oh, you should be on my show, was three years ago when I started this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, you had asked me early, and uh, I was I was a little hard to get. But thanks for having no, I just know. didn't
0: follow up. It was all me. You're like, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm like, great, we should set something up. And you're like, yeah, we should three years passed, And they're like, hey, we should actually do that episode
1: now. <laughs> I, I'm glad to finally be on.
0: Well, I'm glad too, because uh, you recently did a big rebrand on your website. So your website used to be per- Canadian Personal Finance, right?
1: No, and that's oh, why sorry. I
0: changed-
1: <laughs> no, no, that's exactly why. It, it used to be a Canadian Finance blog. And ah. we, we changed to Maple Money. and And the big part was exactly that. People were having trouble remembering what it was yeah and, yeah I've had other people that know me well introduced it exactly the same Canadian because pers-
0: there is a website called Canadian or was yes, there, there? it there still is, exists
1: but, there's but a, it's not you no and there's a few other ones too mm-hmm. uh big Cajun man has Canadian something he, I think he, changes <laughs> it. he changes the name a few times but uh, uh it, there's just a lot of confusion now I feel like I have a real brand that Yeah. Well, it's like,
0: it's obviously, you know, you're Canadian. It's for Canadians uh, and other people, everybody. Um, But it's, it's easy to remember maple money like that alliteration. And it's just, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I've been, I've been happy since, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, beyond rebranding to Maple Money, you got a new, fresh new website look. It looks beautiful, new logo, uh, and you're uh, also a, a, a new podcaster now. Welcome to the the club. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I've joined the world of podcasting. Um, we had done it before with Maple Money Show, or Maple Money, that's the new one, uh, Money <laughs> Mastermind Show. Um, yeah. But, but with Money Mastermind Show, it was a panel, so it was Yeah, great.
0: exactly. Now uh, you're in the driver's seat
1: yeah, now now I'm a, a legit host interviewing people like you.
0: Like me. That was the first episode. How exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked to chat cuz uh in my mind you are one of and correct me if I I'm wrong, but the OG like you've been at this game for a long time. How long have you been, you know, writing about um stuff on your blog and just in this world of personal finance?
1: Uh just close to a decade now.
0: Okay, and that's a long well, damn time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There were certainly bloggers that came before me. Uh, million Dollar Journey for mm-hmm. sure. Um, there, there's a lot that existed at the time, and then yeah, start my blog. But then they they just started to fall off. Uh, so yeah, so does for,
0: that one still is that around still? That one? one Million Dollar, dollar journey?
1: journey. Oh yes, for sure. That that one's still around.
0: Yeah, but, I uh, thought so.
1: But there were there were five others I listened to, and they're all gone. So so out of six blogs that I, I mm-hmm. or six blogs I read. Um, only one remains. So, wow. so by attrition, it kind of makes me look like one of the oldest bloggers. But You're there, just the
0: only one still around. Yeah,
1: there are there <laughs> some that came before me.
0: What... Do you th- Why do you think you you were able to stick it out for so long? I, I I remember too when I started, um, I guess six and a half years ago, almost seven years ago now. Um, one of the things that I noticed was yeah, lots of people would start and this is still how it is today. People will start blogs, they'll do it for a year, maybe two, maybe three, and then they'll call it quits. It's really hard to and which is hard too if you're a, a long time like reader. And then they're like, and I'm shutting down. You're like, but I de- literally dedicated three years of my life to reading your blog every single day. Why do you think you were able to? To like continue for a decade—that's a long. That's a commitment. That is a marriage right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I started, I didn't know where it would go. It was—it was mm-hmm. started kind of like a hobby, like any blog, especially back then. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I think traction is, is what what does it. It's, and and I don't mean just making money from your blog. I also mean having having people that actually continually read the blog yeah
0: exactly if no one's reading it's maybe that's why those other ones shut down that's
1: just it a a lot of blogs can go a long time with with very little traffic and Mm. and, uh, you you lose your motivation then you're you're not gonna Mm -hmm. keep talking to a wall forever like no that's
0: definitely when you should consider doing something else with your time yeah yeah so it's
1: yeah. So, so it happened to work out and uh, I'm glad it did. And, and yeah. because of that, yeah, it keeps me, keeps me going.
0: Yeah. So it seems like, um, from kind of the onset, two of the biggest, um, things that you tend to write about, which I appreciate is investing. And it is very, it, that's a very difficult topic to write about. Cause I, I find, um, for me, a lot of people have their opinions. They have, you know, it's a very, um, Mm, it's just like not as like easy peasy as like budgeting or debt it's like investing it's like people will just go out go out you and i see this in my facebook group too if someone posts a question like what does everyone think about like weed stocks oh it's like 50 comments (laughs) like everyone's got an opinion why um are you so passionate and and why do you like to really share information about investing
1: uh, I think it's just because it's it's what I was dealing with myself. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a, a huge debt repayment story or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but with investing, I was I was figuring it out uh, even when I started my blog. Uh, mm-hmm. I first started off with. Uh, a a pretty terrible mutual fund. <laughs> that As I, that I,
0: everyone has. Like, legit, yeah. everyone I talked to, like, oh, I was also a mutual funds. And um, why yeah. do you think, Oh, I, I'd love to start off with that. Like, why do you think so many people start off with uh, high-fee mutual funds when they're starting investing?
1: I, I think a big part of it is because they're already with that bank. I don't, yep. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> are or putting any more thought into it mm-hmm. than that. that if, they're, if they're at that bank, that's the credit card they get. That's the mortgage they get. That's the, mm-hmm. the mutual fund they get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, so they're just kind of going through the the paces. They're, mm-hmm. it's, they walk into the bank to cash a check and they, there's all this marketing for other services. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, I certainly went to the, the bank I was using, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I thought I was I thought I thought was pretty smart. I thought yeah <laughs> I, I was out of college. I, I was a financial analyst and I, I thought, well, I'm just going to pick one of the one of the ones that did better recently. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, that but, seems logical, sort of. Yeah,
1: but but it doesn't it doesn't guarantee the future returns mm-hmm. and and I had the right idea that I would pick a dividend fund. I knew dividends were yeah. good. But the the expense ratio on it was high enough that it it wiped out a lot of the a lot of the, <laughs> the dividends. So and and also it wasn't really a true dividend fund. If if, mm. if you're really trying to say, I want dividends, it, they were mixing in other things just to, to kind of try to get, get growth. Yeah. Um, so you're not always getting what you even think you're getting. And, and then you're getting charged more for it.
0: Mm hmm. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get you mentioned that um you know past performance doesn't uh, guarantee future performance and that is literally I have this image in my mind still and this was maybe 4, five, four years ago, 3 years ago um and yeah my husband and I were in mutual funds so we thought we were you know doing the right thing cuz Everyone else, like older baby boomers, basically parents and family, They're like, oh no, this is what we're doing, and we're doing great. Of course, they like had thirty years to grow there, you know, so they had kind of yeah. more um, time, and so that's where we. Um, uh, invested uh, first, and uh, I remember talking with our, you know, advisor. I, you can't see this everybody, when I put up those, you know, bunny quotes. Um, and I kept on because you know, I was learning more and more about this. I was taking some uh, courses through the Canadian Securities Institute, and really, I'm like, so let's actually like go more into the, the fee structure, or like what exactly, specifically, are we invested in? And he would just like snake oil salesman kind of not ever answer my question and he would always just bring up the charts to be like yeah but look how well this fund's been in the past 10 years i'm like yes however how's it doing at this moment <laughs> i don't yeah. care how well it did 10 years ago i wasn't investing 10 years ago um needless to say we are not with them anymore <laughs> and we got out of mutual funds and we are doing uh you know etfs like uh you know lots of people kind of promote. So yeah, I'd like to know what you're doing now. I I think you obviously got out of the mutual fund game and yes. are doing something different now. <laughs>
1: um when I when I first left mutual funds, I I went to um TDE series mm-hmm. funds which is it which is a, an index fund. So so very similar to ETFs, but it's it, it was a lot more reasonable at the time cuz yeah. you could make uh bi-weekly, monthly contributions and mm-hmm. and not pay a lot of uh transaction fees. Um, since that time, though, uh, companies like Quest Trade they offer yeah. they offer no transaction fees when you buy ETFs, and, and that didn't exist at the time. So, yeah. so now I've 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 moved to doing that, where, where I buy uh, especially international ETFs and uh, US ETFs mm-hmm. um, through through there, and, and yeah, I don't pay pay any uh, transaction fees.
0: Yeah. So how did you, one of the most uh, common questions, questions I get is, how do you know how to build a portfolio? Like, obviously there's some great um, kind of mock portfolios. Um, Canadian Catch Potato has some great ones and there's lots of other resources like that. But how, yeah, lots of people are like, how do I know what to pick? There's kind of a lot of options out there.
1: Um at the time when I, when I first started, uh, it, it was Canadian couch potato, not the site, mm. but the, the concept, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, in money sense magazine,
2: mm.
1: um, yeah, laid out what, what I still kind of recommend today is, is, is very simple. Just, just, uh, 25% each, um, international U S Canadian, those are all the stocks yeah. and then bonds. It, it can depend on your age. though. right now yeah. I don't do any bond ETFs at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: uh, I, I should probably start soon, but uh, right, right now.
0: <laughs> You're not that old.
1: <laughs> well, no, but uh, p- people should have them. I, I, I fully yeah. get yeah, that. Yeah, uh,
0: your, your portfolio sounds very aggressive. I even have some bonds. I mean, exactly. I'm not happy I, about it, but I, I've got them.
1: <laughs> I, I'm comfortable with risk, uh, so so I don't mind uh, mm-hmm. pushing forward for now. I'm the kind of guy that just being totally about numbers, if, mm-hmm. if stocks go down, I buy more. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't freak out or anything. I just see a sale, and it's it's the kind of sale you should be buying.
0: Fire sale, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I think too. Even though you are a numbers person, there's also like the big issue with people is they may logically know that if there's you know a dip in the market to not just sell off everything. This is an opportunity to buy things for a cheaper price. Of course they, what do they do is they sell and then they regret it later. How do you kind of combat that kind of emotional trigger to be like, Oh my God, I'm losing all my money. I should try to save what I've got. Instead. You're like, let's just buy more. Like how, how do you fight that? Uh,
1: In in my case, I think I'm just, I I just don't get that emotional problem. You're (laughs) a robot. uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, I, I just like it being hands off and that's what's nice with ETFs too. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're buying, if you're buying stocks, individual stocks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then, then there's so much more emotions and mental games that come into play. Cause
2: mm-hmm.
1: you, you think you're buying the right stock because you just know better than everyone else. Or it was recommended a month ago. And, uh, and, and then, yeah, you're going to, you're going to sell a lot quicker because like a, a, if a one, you got that one company and, and it starts going down that the risk is so much higher. Yeah. With uh, with ETFs, it's it's spread out a lot. So when I, when I say going truly really dropping, like it it needs to be a real market drop. Yeah. Um. So so I'm I'm not freaking out every time one company has bad results. I, I'm I'm only taking some action when when uh, there's a legitimate drop in the market. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I've done that in the past. Uh, any of the the big market drops. Uh, If if I have some extra money lying around, I I will buy ETFs beyond what my regular contribution is.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you track, I think that's another thing too, is uh, the great thing about you know, doing kind of a, a couch potato strategy or, or just like that kind of passive investing strategy, which uh, I like to do because I'm lazy, um, is, you know, you kind of set it forget it a little bit. Um, but how do you f- track when there is like a big market dip? Do you just like pay attention to the news? You're like, oh, I should probably look into this? Or do you get an yeah. alert? Or like, what's going on?
1: No, I just pay attention. Um, mm. it, it needs to be a pretty big drop. And, and, and mm. big drops can take days or weeks to really sort themselves out um little ups and downs it's not like i'm i'm looking at the stock news and they listening on the radio and, yeah. and hearing yeah. how many points that went up or anything like that it's just i am not that concerned I, i'm talking maybe once or twice a year i will go out of my way to to actually do something beyond my regular contributions
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and and actually try to to time it a little um, i'm actually not a Big believer in, in market timing. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to find the bottom and yep. it's harder to sell at the top. Yeah, uh, but but I can at least buy on bad news.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, what are your thoughts on? Because uh, you know, obviously, you're a DIY investor using a, a brokerage. You're doing it all yourself, which is great. Um, what are your thoughts on? I guess robo advisors that kind of take the you know put more automation into the whole thing.
1: I love robo-advisors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not currently with one, but but I'm actually thinking about changing. Oh, um,
0: that's like the first time I've ever heard anyone say who's a DIY investor, because you do yeah. save money doing it yourself, obviously, but I've never heard of anyone like, I think I'm going to pay a little bit more to work with a robo-advisor. Why is that?
1: Uh, th- th- There's a few reasons. One, I'm just busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a day job in the business and mm. a family and everything. Mm-hmm. So where I used to Enjoy rebalancing and, and all that. Um, it's not so enjoyable anymore, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's something I sometimes don't do on time. It, it's easy to put it off, right? Uh, but um, with the robo advisor, it's all handled for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you might pay half a percent more, yeah. um, which is still way lower than, yeah. than uh, mutual funds. One hundred The half a percent plus a plus the the fees that are inside of the ETF, you, you might be paying one percent. Mm-hmm. Um, where at the most, where, yeah. where um, with uh, mutual funds, you can easily be paying 2% or more. Yep. So, so I, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, and, and in addition, it does give you someone you can talk to if you want to. Uh, a lot, a lot of people that even use mm-hmm. robo advisors don't actually take advantage of the fact that it's, it's not a robot. It's a, <laughs> exactly
0: Is <laughs> there's fun. in Canada, there are people like it's, I, I think a lot of people think it is just like an algorithm. It's like, no, 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 no. Like we can't yeah. get away with that crap in Canada. We need people behind it. Um, yeah you can
1: actually yeah you can talk to people and 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 there's there's other things too with robo advisors that i like um if, if you have enough saved up enough mm-hmm. investments you, c- you can get other little perks like wealth simple has uh, uh the priority pass and a few other things mm-hmm. including lower lower fees as well mm-hmm. they they go down to 0.4 percent after a hundred thousand um and just wealth has a whole load of different portfolios depending on where you're at and stuff yeah. so, so they offer a lot of options too uh so I can just get it out of my head and then yeah. let someone else do it. Um, it, it it sounds interesting. It, it, it again, it's it's a pretty small amount just to just to pay someone else to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I might do that. I, I might try yeah. just one of my accounts to start. Maybe, maybe the RSP or something like that. We'll see and mm-hmm. uh, just put my foot in the water there.
0: Yeah, and I feel like like especially when I. Compare it to how it was working with an advisor at a bank and doing the mutual fund things with. And when I look back, I'm like, man, that was so old school. We had to, to to talk about our investments. Me and my husband would have to go to the bank, the physical bank, go into a meeting room, and talk to our advisor. And then he'd give us he would print off booklets, and then we would talk about them on paper. I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> and this was like a couple of years back. And I'm like, oh, this is so. And when again, it's like I, I just was really looking for clarity and transparency. And like what are we investing in? And then, of course, he'd give me this big chunky booklet that's impossible to really understand. And I have a finance background. I'm like, I should understand this, but this is so—you make it so impossible. It's—I really appreciate with the robo advisors because I'm—I'm also—I uh, use robo advisors for my own investments and they make it very transparent because they know that a they have to do something different than the banks and they have to give you that extra value so and also i feel like a lot of them are pushing more of that education they don't want you to invest blindly they want and that's kind of the whole point it's like they they want you to know what you're doing And, and yeah like you said you can talk to people i've talked to a ton like sometimes i think there was a big um kind of a, a little market correction, maybe a year ago, last spring or something. And in my Facebook group, people were panicking, talking about it. They're like, I don't know, I'm losing all my money. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm right there because I also have that account. And <laughs> I am I was at this really high percentage. And now it's like 2%. I'm like, what's going on? And so I was a bit panicky. And so I, I gave them a call to go through everything. And they just like, yeah, they they explained, listen, this is what's going on. This is why you just kind of don't do anything with your money. It will, um, you know, go back up. And you know, they're really um, upfront and had some really great information. And of course, yes, a year later, I'm totally fine. I've, you know, doing really good. Um, and another thing too, I'm with another robo advisor. I'm with two uh, currently, but one of them just emailed me saying, "Hey, so we haven't talked to you in about a year. We just want to see how things are going and, and look at your portfolio and see if you want to make any changes." I'm like, wasn't well, that nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: That's really that. nice. <laughs> yes,
0: I would like to talk. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, with both really, but, but especially with the bank, um, and I don't want to be too mean about it, but they, they kind of, uh, it's kind of like selling you a car. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they make a, a portion from, from selling those, those mutual funds. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a benefit to them. And, and because of that, it naturally, it, it doesn't really mean your best interest is, is that mm-hmm. hard there? Um, I'm sure there's lots of great people working at the bank well that's, <laughs> that's the thing
0: too like I, I did like before we had our last financial guy who was like a snake oil salesman or he was just the worst oh I can stand him he literally to the like to the point like he I told him hey I have a finance blog and podcast and that certificate on your wall I have that and he <laughs> still would talk to my husband and I'm like are you serious Ooh. right now my husband doesn't know he didn't know anything <laughs> he, didn't know, he looks to me for the answers he didn't know what's going on like what do you do and oh, so that was gonna the nail in the coffin there but before him we had a really great guy like he was so nice and he really was really good at explaining everything unfortunately he decided to leave to go to another bank and we could never find him though i did i did run into him at the subway one day and I'm like where have you been you just left and and he didn't you know he wasn't allowed to i guess take any of his old clients or whatever and uh yeah that was the last I saw him, but he seemed happier. He seemed like he was <laughs> <What> <laughs> it was good. was the weirdest style. situation though. I'm like, where'd you go? <laughs> I couldn't find out to contact you. And we have this other guy who's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um talking about that a little bit, do you what are your thoughts on like working with an advisor? Not really, you know, someone at the bank, but like someone a fee only or someone just to kind of help you with your, you know, uh, you know, whole financial picture.
1: I've never personally done it because I think I'm too smart <laughs> but, uh, but, but and, and I can be making a mistake there just like I did mm. when I, when I bought the mutual funds. But I, I do like the idea of the the fee only advisor mm-hmm. um, be, for the same reason I said with the mutual fund, it, it's, it's sort of, it, it just gets rid of that bias. Like what are they actually working for? And when you're, when you're paying someone a fee, they're working to earn that fee. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, recommending something that's going to give them a, a commission or anything like that. The, mm-hmm. the the fee is their monetary goal. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so now you've got someone that's actually working for you and not for their own commission. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I'm sure there's good and bad advisors in that case too. Yeah. But when it, when it just comes to that that mental focus of, of, of what they're actually working towards, uh, I, I think they're going to have your best interest at heart way more.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like that's um, the only way I would probably work with an advisor is if they were fee only because, um, yeah, I just don't trust anyone who's just like, oh, you know, just make money here and there through commissions and bonuses and secret ways. And I'm like, yeah, no, not going to happen with me. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. For, for a few hundred dollars, you might as well pay someone and and you, you totally know what what they 're doing, and and yeah. then they 're going to give you actual advice because they want to keep getting paid, so, so yeah exactly they, they, they can give you proper advice and and they 're not just selling a mutual fund they 're giving you a complete plan mm-hmm. where you won 't really get that walking into a bank. Some people think that if they go to the bank that 's their advisor, but it 's not mm-hmm. really <laughs> they're, no. they're, they no. can sell you bank products.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people don't understand too. It's like, even though a lot of these people have um, a title that's like financial planner, financial advisor with an E or an R, which one's the the one that's actually like not like certified at all? One with an E or one with an O? I forget. There was a newspaper article about it a little while ago, but I can't remember. I'm not sure now. I know. Yeah, like that's, wrong. that's how bad it is. I'm like, I actually don't know. So that's why it's like really <laughs> when you are looking for like a specific uh, planner or whatever, make sure they have some kind of credentials, like ones that you can look up and yeah. they're not like made up by the bank.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, really anyone can, can call themselves yeah uh, advisor yeah. Or, or a money coach.
2: Um, I know, which is the, why
0: yeah. I'm like, huh, I should probably get some credentials before offering money coaching. Cause I'm kind of not sure what these other money coaches, like how did, how do you know if they're, you know, legit or what they're telling you is like good information where they get their yeah. schooling from? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and again, it's just that it's that first impression kind of thing. Like that, I'm sure there's lots of great advisors that have no credentials at all. Mm-hmm. But but at least if they have them, it's it's that one extra spot step where you can tell that that you're you're getting something that that you're paying for.
0: Exactly. And for me, I always kind of relate finance to like fitness. So it's like I would never hire a personal trainer that didn't go through some you know certification. If they're just like, I'm just really good at fitness, so do what I do. I'm like. Yeah, but what if I'm like stretching wrong, and you're not like you know aware that I'm doing that, and I can have some big issues in the problem? Like I would never hire someone who's just like I'm just good at it, so I'm going to do it now. <laughs> not a good idea. Probably not, no. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Um, I would love to know how do you so, since you don't use an advisor, how do you manage your own money? Like how what's how what do you do to make sure you're on track? Because I'm assuming you are kind of the family money manager.
1: Uh, for sure. Um uh we we've already got an uh, emergency fund but uh I, I certainly think that's a good first step for anybody mm-hmm. after that um but uh yeah uh going forward i was i was a, a big fan of mint for a long time mm-hmm. um I, I stopped using it recently cuz it, it just kept disconnecting all the I
0: time i know that's why so i, I stopped using it too i'm like i am over this yeah. so annoying
1: yeah um so so now i do mostly spreadsheets mm-hmm. uh just, um, it, it's pretty simple. I, I keep everything so automated, which is kind of why I'm leaning towards yeah. as well. uh, <laughs> if I can have automatic payments and stuff, I certainly do. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically as much stuff on the credit card as possible. I'm big on rewards. <laughs> and yes. Then, uh, yeah. And, and then I just pay the credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a lot simpler than, uh, trying to remember all these different bills to pay and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and and then with investing, that's that's set up automatically too. Like I mentioned, I've, I've got a, a biweekly um, savings mm-hmm. invest to the to the different investment accounts. We're doing uh, RSP and um ESP mm-hmm. both automatically. Mm-hmm. TFSA, I just kind of put money in, in in different chunks, kind of thing, making sure I stay within the the low annual yep. limits. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I think I think having it automated is is kind of the biggest mm-hmm. benefit for me. Um it's just so I'm, I don't have to do a lot of money management. Uh it's it's good to stay on top of things cuz sometimes even the automation can start to to fall apart if uh
0: mm-hmm. if,
1: if things aren't clicking right, you don't want to start getting uh, NSF fees or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you make sure that you never overspend? Like I know, like I kind of do the same thing where I link all of um, my bills, our joint bills to our credit cards. So our bills will always be paid for. And then I just uh, take a look every once in a while to see what's on our credit card and then, you know, pay it off. Um, but what what strategy do you have so you don't accidentally just, you know, spend a lot of money on your credit cards?
1: Yeah, that that has been a problem. <laughs> uh, not 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 recently, but it, not too long ago. Um, it, it was. It's easy when you're spending everything on credit card to to just lose track. You're you're handing yeah. a piece of plastic over. There's not that. There's not that feeling of you've got two hundred dollars in your wallet and that's it.
2: <laughs> there's mm-hmm.
1: This card with thousands of dollars of room. Um, strategy wise, to to improve that, we we just started and And I know we talked about this in my show too, the idea that we don't like the word budget and mm-hmm. and, and we don 't budget either yeah um but uh we certainly set limits yeah. <laughs> to to what we spend so uh if if we go into to costco uh we we go there every week uh, a lot mm-hmm. of our spending happens there um mm-hmm. uh everything from food to gas to clothes, everything yep. we have a a weekly limit that we
0: that
1: is try to keep it under yeah uh, since most of our shopping goes there. Keeping that weekly limit just at that one store actually covers a lot of it. Yeah, uh, but but it's it's similar anywhere else. Like, uh, we're not just gonna go into a clothing store or something like that and, and go wild. It's it's focused on what you want. Like, if if you need a new shirt or something, you go in, you buy that shirt. You don't go in and and walk out with fifty things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so just just a bit of control. Yeah, and uh, and, and certainly knowing what your limits are. So it's not a shock uh, and, and you can work that backwards, mm-hmm. uh, which is really like a budget. Yeah. <laughs> but you, no, I, I
0: see what you're saying. So I think when people, and I, I really kind of, it was really well um, kind of explained in, I'm not sure if you read it, Shannon Lee Simmons book, worry free money, where she talks about lots of people, budget in in terms of like categorizing categorizing their expenses so specifically like only this amount on groceries only this amount on alcohol only this amount on entertainment and it's so impossible to really stay in those limits or remember what those limits are if you just kind of have a big chunk of like this is my variable spending that I can spend on groceries and everything else everything else is covered like the bills those are all covered but this is the the money that the extra money everything that's left over just don't spend more than $500 you know every two weeks or whatever and then you're good i think that is kind of for me the only way to avoid the overspending, but also not like get super, you know, annoyed or frustrated.
1: Yeah, the the detailed budget I don't think works. Doesn't for work. anyone like like if you're if you're budging a certain amount for alcohol, it's like, well, what if you don't want to drink that week? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why, why do you have this budget? So, uh, yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Of of yeah, just just know how much you can spend in a week.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But I find Costco so dangerous. Like me, and, uh, my husband have a membership. Uh, we recently got one just because. I think we had to get something specific like oh, it's not that expensive and you, you can get a lot of great things and yeah i think we need to work on like okay if we go to costco we are not going to spend more than this amount because we will be like we just need three things and then we have a big cart and we're like why do we buy all these like potatoes and like five <laughs> loaves of bread and a mixer like what what happened you get it's just so enjoyable to be at costco you get kind of caught up it's One, just uh... everything's there everything
1: well, one good way to to stay a little more focused at Costco they, they don't have flyers so you can't really plan ahead mm-hmm. but there there's two sites out here mm-hmm. it's it's coco west like coco west um .com or .ca i can't remember mm-hmm. but then there's also a coco east as well cuz they're they're mm-hmm. just two different marketing sides of of Costco and um what they do is they actually go through and they take all the pictures of everything on sale that week Ooh. So, visiting those sites basically lets you treat costco like it has a flyer and and again that helps fill up probably two-thirds of our list It's, Mm -hmm. it's it's what can we get cheaper than usual and then and then what do we truly still need on top of that but uh yeah so we go into costco with a with a list too and and there's not any big surprises if if that mixer's on sale at least we saw about saw it ahead of time and then we can Make yeah. a slightly more rational decision on do we need that? Are we is that something we wanted? <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's also like I find it probably makes the most it does make a lot of sense when you have a family. For me, it's really just our me and my husband. I'm like, we don't need we this big quantity <laughs> of like yeah. whatever. But uh yeah I've, yeah, I've
1: got boys just getting into the, the real eating age. <laughs> oh so gosh,
0: that's gonna be expensive.
1: Right so um yeah, I think I think we'll buy more food than ever coming up soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine. But it's it's funny that you mentioned Costco because my, my parents have loved Costco ever since it hit British Columbia. And... Any time I'm over at their house when I'm visiting and say, oh, where did you get this or blah, blah, They'll always just be like Costco. Like that is the answer for everything. They love Costco. If they could be Brandon Masters for anything, it would be Costco. They love that place so freaking much.
1: Yeah, that, that's <sighs> basically me and my wife. We're, yeah. I, I Costco. It's, it's all, like I said, all the clothes. All the food. And you know what?
0: I probably would go there with my husband more often, but it's like we have to take the car and we have to like drive a little bit away. So there's no Costco in downtown Toronto. so.
1: When I when I moved to where I am right now, uh, one of the first things we did was was look on the map and see if there's a Costco nearby. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's I love that.
1: The way our, our previous house, it was almost across the street from us. Ooh. Um, so when we moved, we we're like, well, we got to keep one nearby because we, mm-hmm. we need to get gas and food there every week.
2: So.
0: Totally. No, that's really smart. That's really smart. Um, okay, we've talked about Costco for way too long. That's my fault. <laughs> that's my fault. Um, thanks for sharing how you budget. I think in general, when I do talk to people, um, and kind of, I'm like, I, I think a lot of people too are like, oh, I, I, you know, they must have something really uh complicated or really specific or some algorithm I've never heard of. Most, almost everyone, I, like when I ask, like, how do you budget? They're like, I just have a spreadsheet. <laughs> and it's like oh okay so it's really not that crazy and complicated it's just no. um sometimes just not fun that's all like it's you know spreadsheets you either love them or you you don't love them but they work they're effective yeah, um yeah. what are some other so i know we've talked a lot about investing talked a lot about money management you also talk a lot about on your blog um making money and and i and i want to share this uh Uh, memory is a few years back, I remember you were on a panel at the Canadian Personal Finance Conference. I feel like there's you and there's two, possibly three other people. And I feel like one of the questions you guys got were like, how do you um, monetize your blog or something? And the two other panelists are like, oh, I don't really monetize. I'm really about the content. And you're like, I'll do anything for money. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I like that guy. I appreciate that answer (laughs) because no one else is... know come on as if we don't all want to make money who doesn't want to earn money on you know the hard work that you're doing you know crafting your blog and i appreciated that
1: (laughs) similar like we were talking about earlier if if you want to last ultimately (laughs) it's a business if -hmm. you're you're making one dollar you've already got a business um Mm -hmm. yeah uh it's not that I'll do anything to no, make money. No. I, I, I did there's, basically yeah, say that, yeah, but it, yeah. It's, it's partially for humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- there, there have been certainly things I've turned down. Um, yes, <laughs> but uh, if it, if it's something I agree with, and if if it's a service I use or, yeah. or at least would recommend, if a company wants to pay to get a, a little more attention on mm-hmm. that, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. If, um, if like a payday loan store contacted Mm. me and said, oh yeah, we'd like to put an ad up. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Or, Mm -hmm. or some of these mutual funds, probably not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing with me. It's like, I I do work with quite a few brands, but I do a a pretty strict vetting process. And I'm like, if I would not recommend this to a friend or family, then I'm not going to have, I'm not going to promote it or or share about it. I'm going to be very important because I certainly do get flack when I do um, work with any kind of brand because people still have this idea that as a a blogger or a content creator, you shouldn't be monetizing, which is ridiculous. Um, But yeah, my gosh, the number of payday loans or sketchy inquiries I get. And and the same with you. I'm like, I've never done that. And I've also, I work with a lot of banks, but I've definitely never promoted their mutual fund products. And they know why. I tell them like, I just wouldn't use it. So no. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. And I don't think they need promotion. I think that it all is. I think they're
0: fine. <laughs>
1: they're, that's where they're getting it from. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. You, you need to be able to defend uh, anything you, mm-hmm. you, you mention, whether you're getting paid or not. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've had times where I've written about topics where I'll get an email and it's like, or a comment and, and saying, Oh, well, how much did you get paid to write this? So this obviously mm-hmm. isn't your opinion. And I'm like, I I don't even know anyone at that company. (laughs) I was just writing about it. That that does actually happen. I I don't get paid for everything.
0: Yeah, and it's, well, I think, similar to me, you probably very, you know, very clearly disclose when you do work with someone. Um, And that's, and I feel like, too, it's like, I read a ton of other blogs, and I can pretty much spot out very clearly, either they have a disclaimer, like, okay, I know they're sponsored or whatever. Um, But it's, it's pretty, I don't know, I feel like just the blogging world and blogging game has changed so much that influencers that do want to last and maintain, like, they are very... Um, careful about um, what sponsorships they do and uh, what kind of content they put out for their audience. Like for me, I'm like, I'm very protective of my brand and my audience because I know um, making one wrong decision, working with a brand that doesn't align with my values or my audience's value can like, just like people will stop listening or stop reading. So I can't, you know, risk that.
1: Yeah, there's there's no sense promoting something where where people are gonna now not trust you. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point of promoting stuff in the first place. is, yeah. <laughs> is you're, you're trying to show your your legitimate opinion on something. It's it's not uh, being told what to say necessarily. It's, exactly. It's, you're just you're you're sharing something because you believe in it, but also because yeah, you got asked to to do that.
0: Yeah, and I also think too. Uh, a lot of a lot of people do ask me, and I, I mean, I ask a lot of my guests, like, oh, what do you use, or how do you you know manage your money and all that kind of stuff. I rarely kind of share what I use, what products I use, what bank I'm with or whatever, because I honestly don't think it really matters. Um, I think the most important thing, I I think people get too caught up in like, well, I'll do what this person's doing because I think they're doing really well with their finances. Well, it's like, actually, I don't share my income report. So you actually don't know how I'm doing. I am doing fine. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put that information out in the world. But I also don't feel like just because I'm Chose these products. I'm doing it a certain way. Doesn't mean if you do, if you choose a different bank or credit union or whatever, you're doing it wrong.
1: Yes, for yeah. sure. There, there's lots of options out there. Um, th- there's a lot of bad options. There's a lot that of are bad worth, options <laughs> they're worth avoiding. But when it comes to what the right choice is, yeah, there's 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 tons of ways you can you can mm-hmm. do things and still be correct.
0: Exactly. So you've been in this blogging game for a while. What uh, before I let you go? What is one uh, maybe this is a two parter question what is kind of one question that you get over and over again that you just feel like why do people still um not really have this information like what is a common struggle or question people come to you for with
1: hmm a common question
0: well, or for, or one that all, just puts in your head whatever
1: sometimes i get questions i shouldn't be getting but uh, like uh, uh, well no i i just mean some people will will send me all their financial information oh. <laughs> and, uh, or, or they'll, they'll send me uh, uh, I, I review a lot of tax software. I'll, I'll, I'll literally mm. get like their account information. Oh my and, God. People don't
0: enough. do that. Don't send a stranger. It's nice as Tom <laughs> is. Don't send him your password.
1: Yeah. No. yeah it's, it's, so there's a lot of oversharing, but when it, when it comes to a, a legitimate question, yeah. um, um, I, I do get asked a lot about, uh, about investing. Um, And Mm. and, and I haven't actually written about it much lately, but uh, I I used to um, do a uh, Smith maneuver, which is uh, where, where, and this is why I don't have Canadian uh, ETFs. Mm. It Um, uh, it, it basically, I invest in Canadian dividend stocks Mm -hmm. and those dividends go against paying the mortgage, well, paying uh, the mortgage down. And then I, I have a, an increasing credit line. I've got the, mm-hmm. the Scotia Bank step, which uh, as you pay off your mortgage, your credit line increases. Mm. So then I can buy more stocks,
2: oh.
0: pay the
1: mortgage down, and and the go- the goal there, and it's it's a bit of a messy. Sounds
0: person- a little complicated, but
1: And I, I don't necessarily recommend it yeah. to people because it is too complicated. But uh, what what it basically does is it transfers your mortgage over to an uh, investment loan, and and the mm-hmm. big difference there, two two big differences The in the in the original Smith maneuver book, the main point is making your mortgage tax deductible. Mm-hmm. So your the investment loan is tax deductible where a mortgage isn't in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other big perk is it gets you investing uh, mm-hmm. instead of I'm going to pay off the mortgage completely and I'll invest when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the, yeah. Uh, so so what you end up with eventually is is this this big uh, investment portfolio and a big. Uh, investment loan mm-hmm. but but your mortgage is paid off, so now this investment loan is is tax deductible and and because of that tax deduction and and low interest rates right now, mm-hmm. the dividends can completely pay for that there There are some people that have completed this maneuver and they they actually don 't um, ever pay off the loan wow <laughs> because, they, because if if their investments are making more than the loan why, why cash out those investments to pay the loan yeah. So, Huh. Um, but but it is a messy thing. I don't recommend it to people, but I have covered it, and and yeah. because of that, I do get a lot of questions about. I this. bet
0: you do. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds that sounds really uh, technical, but for for the kind of advanced uh, investor, definitely something to look into. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And last question: What is one key piece of ag- advice that you would like to leave uh, listeners with?
1: Um, if for one key piece of advice, it would probably be. Uh, I guess so similar to what we were saying earlier was was just to to get everything together. Mm-hmm. Get your stuff <laughs> um, together. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't I don't like the idea of focusing on one thing so much mm-hmm. because um, it, it's it's like you had said on my show too mm-hmm. was was the idea that yeah you can pay off your debt but you could also start investing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like this this whole idea of doing it all at once.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I know that makes it a lot more difficult, but,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, literally you have to start somewhere, but, but, yeah, I, I just don't like the idea of of separating it too much. Like, yeah, you,
0: know, you can't. Personal finance isn't something you could do. You know, okay, let's do this one thing, and once that's done, do this one thing. Because just like you you said, you know, uh, it would be a terrible idea to get a mortgage, focus all of your energy and time on paying down that mortgage, and then start investing. Because you may not start investing till you're fifty, and that's yeah. you know, uh, crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have a place to live, but you won't have any money to, nope. to pay for anything. Yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's you kind of do have to kind of do. A lot of things at the same time, but uh, obviously some things have higher priority than others. But yeah, you can't just yeah. do one thing after the other; it's not going to work out.
1: And that's that's when it comes back to to either hiring a, a, a fee only financial mm-hmm. advisor or just studying a lot. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are books, there are there are blogs and podcasts. Um, mm-hmm one way or another you can you can get all this information and you can you can kind of make a plan that that covers all the bases whether you're saving in money investing money mm-hmm. making money all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, well Tom, where can people learn more about you and uh contact you if they have a question <laughs> about, <laughs> about that about Smith, Smith maneuver?
1: maneuver. <laughs> um, my, my main site is is maplemoney.com. Uh you can also find me on Twitter at maplemoney.com. Uh, I don't have the Maple Money. Does yet, someone own
0: it? Do you want me to go <laughs> t- teach him a lesson?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully someday we'll see. But uh, uh, and and also I've got my my podcast now, the Maple Money Show. You can find that on all the usual places like iTunes and
0: Stitcher. Fabulous, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It was a pleasure, and I can't I believe can. it took us this long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad to finally make it.
0: I know, I know. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> And that was episode 177 of the Mo Money podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes, com slash 177 for more info about Tom Drake, uh, all the stuff he's doing, and stuff that we talked about in this episode. Or you can just check out Tom. So first off, he's got his own podcast called The Maple Money Show. Subscribe and check that out on iTunes and or, or however you're listening. It's just lots of people, like quite honestly, the data doesn't lie. Most people listen on iTunes. But wherever you're listening subscribe and listen. Also subscribe to my show. Just, just putting that out there. Just putting it out there. Um, or also check out his website, maplemoney.com, um, and because ba- honestly, his website really has most of the answers to most of your questions. Like, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, most of the time when I'm Googling something, damn, Tom's website pops up. Ugh, he knows what he's doing, so check him out. Um, so I've got some important things to share with you. Don't go away. Just a few words about this episode's sponsor you're going to want to listen to, and then come back here and I've got some important things to share with you. This episode of the MoMoney podcast is supported by CoPower Green Bonds. What's in your investment portfolio? Like, seriously, what kind of companies are you investing in? You may be surprised and, well, not exactly thrilled to see that you're investing in companies that don't actually align with your personal values. Here's one way you can change that. Co Power Green Bonds, a way to invest your money to fund renewable energy and energy efficiency projects in Canada. Co Power was founded in 2013 with a single mission to unlock capital for climate solutions by empowering Canadians to participate in and profit from the transition to a low carbon economy. If you're just as concerned about climate change as I am, this is one way you can do something actively about it while also earning high returns for your financial goals. I'm talking four or five percent on your investment. Want to learn more and get started? Then visit greenbonds.ca. Once again, that's greenbonds.ca. Okay dokie, so things that are happening. Oh so many things. Man, can November just end? I love November. I love Financial Literacy Month. I'm having a great time, but I'm also tired. I've never been so busy in my entire life, and it's uh it's getting to me looking forward to Christmas time. Speaking of Christmas time, uh, I will be in Vancouver, obviously, for, uh, you know, that's where I'm from. that's where my hometown is. And uh, I'm going to visit my family and friends. So I thought, hey, what a, you know, I had such a great time doing kind of a mini meetup in ottawa uh last weekend. Uh hi y'all if you're if you were there, I'm just shout out to all my ottawa new friends. Um so I'm going to do uh one in vancouver. How fun. So informal. Basically, if you're in vancouver, if you're listening right now, if you want to hang out with me and grab a beer or grab a drink or whatever, um, hit me up. Send me an email say you're interested. I'm going to be in town basically um, kind of the weeks of like christmas and and I'm going to leave on like the 2nd. So I think I'm coming like the week before Christmas so it'll be around that time so I know that's a super busy time for y'all but in any case if you're free for a drink drink um I am too and I'd love to hang out with you and we can talk money and nerd out and it'll be the best so if you're interested email me directly jessica at jessicamorehouse.com and, uh, uh, you know, once I get, you know, a bunch of people emailing me, I will start to organize a date that fits for everybody and uh, pick a place and we'll have a good old festive time. So that should be fun. Speaking of meetups, um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, fortunately for me, uh, the Millennial Money Meetup that I'm having in Toronto, the big live event I'm going to be doing um, next Tuesday, November 27th, is officially sold out. However, you can still be there. How? I am going to be uh, recording um, the event, recording the kind of um, main part of the event, which is me and a rep from um, the Financial Services Commission of Ontario, We're going to talk about pensions and retirement. It's going to be super fun. I'm going to be recording it and uh, most likely also Facebook Liveing the event, so you can join us. I will, of course, include more. Info uh, in my newsletter. Uh, but also make sure to follow me on Facebook in case I do Facebook Live it. Um, speaking of my newsletter also, actually, this is like the most important. I don't know why I left this. Till, uh, that's why I guess you usually leave the less, the most important thing to last. Anyways, um, still getting over this cold. So my brain is like not 100%. Um, anyways, important thing, really, really, really recommend you get on my email list. I'm going to be sending a few important emails this weekend because it's, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday situation. Basically, I've got a special kind of thing. I'm trying to be very mysterious about it, that I'm only going to um, let my email subscribers know about. And it is great. And you will want to get onto my email list to find out what it is and how you can benefit from it. (laughs) I don't I don't want to reveal too much. Just So anyways, if you're not on my email list, Jessica... Wait, wait what is it? JessicaMorehouse.com slash subscribe. Oh yeah, that's not hard to remember. JessicaMorehouse.com slash subscribe. Get on my email list. You'll find out my secret, mysterious, exciting news, and you will not want to miss it. All right, that is it for me because uh, I have a ton of work to do (laughs) so busy. Yay. Um, but don't worry, don't worry. Uh, I've got a few more episodes in this season of the show. I've got one next week and I've got one. I'm going to do another solo episode to kind of almost wrap up the season. And I'm also going to be recording. Oh yeah. Uh, the millennial money meetup. So, um, if you don't want to watch it, you can listen to it. I'm going to be recording the audio for that. And so, and then that'll be it. That'll be the end of the season. Take my little breaky break in December, and come back at you in January. So thanks for listening. Um, oh my gosh, no, I'm not leaving yet. I think I, pro- I-, I promised uh, I'd do uh, some shout outs. So stick around. I've got some shout outs. Okay, shout out number one is to Ms. M-I, and then there's four Z's. Oh, Ms. Mary! Sorry, I didn't see that. Ms. Mary from Canada. Hi, Jess. I love your podcast. They've taught me so much. Thank you for your awesome content. Purple Heart. How did she even put a pur- how did you put a purple heart in there? How do you put emojis in Apple iTunes reviews? That's cool. Well, thanks, Ms. Mary. Uh, next, I got one from J. Huts fifty three uh, fifty three from Canada. God bless this podcast. Super relatable and super educational. Look forward to my walk to class every Wednesday to listen to the weekly show. Oh, my God. You're so nice. Thanks. That warms my freaking heart. Warms it. Warms my cold black heart. Um, And last but not least... Uh, cc20 from canada jessica's a great host and covers relevant financial literacy topics in a meaningful and practical way as you're subscribing to over a dozen personal finance podcasts this is very definitely my favorite well thank you so much oh and also like the title of hers is in my top two most favorite podcasts to date what is the other one i want to know cc you tell me what that other one is i want to check it out and i want to compare and contrast anyways thank you so much for taking the time to give me an itunes review i uh, appreciate it if you want to get a special shout out from me on a future episode all you gotta do is take two seconds out of your busy busy day i know you're very busy important person I know, I know i know and uh just leave me an itunes review it's super super simple and i'll love you forever and i'll give you a special shout out okay that's enough of me yapping i'll see you back here next wednesday with another episode of the mo money podcast